Hi, and welcome to the Rostrum Agency Managing Reputational Risk podcast with me, Grant Bather. In this series of podcasts, I'll be discussing crisis and reputation management from a public relations and media perspective. I'll take a look at the definition of a crisis, what it feels like to be engulfed in a media storm, the role of a crisis communications team, and what steps businesses and individuals can take to minimise media exposure around reputational risk. Each episode, I'll be joined by guests who will give their unique insight into managing reputational risk. And of course, I'll give my take from a PR perspective. Having started my career as a journalist before becoming a company spokesperson and PR professional, I've seen all angles of a crisis. So join me and my guests as we delve into the issues that play into managing reputational risk. On today's episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Tom Wald, VP Sales at Onalytica. Onalytica specialises in providing influencer marketing software and supporting professional services to help brands scale their influencer programmes. Tom, thanks so much for joining me today. I start every single podcast with the same question. How do you define a crisis? Yeah, Grant, thanks a lot for, for having me on. It's good to, good to be here. I'd say there's probably a couple of different definitions and obviously you can go quite broad with it. But, you know, I think a crisis kind of relates to an unplanned event or issue which can cause an instability within a, within a country, or if you're talking about from a business context, obviously an organization, you know, in many cases, these events or issues tend to threaten the status quo. Um, and in some cases can be more serious than that and can even threaten the future or survival, you know, of a particular organization. I think another element of a crisis is that decisions have to be made very, very quickly, very important decisions have to be made very, very quickly. And I think you can categorize crises into different you know particular categories you know that it could be financial technological environmental even health crises obviously with you know COVID-19 you know changed kind of the way we work and the way we live overnight really so you know it can be categorized into these different areas and organizations obviously just have to be prepared for for crises that can come along absolutely and I'm sure we'll dig into each of those subject areas over the course of this discussion but analytica kind of how how do you define a crisis and, and what, does, what does crisis mean for, for your organisation and the organisations that you work with? Yeah, well, Onitica, you know, we're, we're kind of working to track, you know, we say influencers, but I think we're talking more about kind of influential voices or you could call them online stakeholders. And every organisation will have a set of, you know, online stakeholders that they need to be listening to, they need to be tracking, they need to be mapping, whether that's journalists, analysts, politicians you know advocates for their brand their competitors there's obviously a whole spectrum of of voices that can say anything at any time online about their brand or about any particular subject so I guess for us we're looking more at kind of the social media sphere I think you know social media is fascinating really I mean for me personally I get all of my news from Twitter I'm not afraid to say that I'm sure a lot of people do (laughs) and it's so live it's so it's such a powerful data source, right? But, you know, how you how you manage social media and how you kind of, I guess, uh, you know, manage this community of, of influential voices is really, really important. So knowing how how connected they are, knowing who's who's the most influential is really important. So, yeah, I'd say it's broadly just kind of being really in tune with that conversation and mitigating any potential crises that you can see coming down down the road. Yeah, and that's that's really interesting because um you know you mentioned the phrase influencer, 
and I'm sure for for most people that means someone that was on Love Island or <laughs> a star or or something like that. But as you've alluded to, it goes much deeper than that. It is politicians, it is journalists, it is basically anyone that is talking positively or negatively about your brand. Could could that be you know, competitors, regulators as well? Yeah, I mean, it can be, I mean, really, if you if you look at the definition of an influence, you know, it's it's really anyone who can sort of influence someone's thinking about about anything, really. So, you know, one thing we say on Lytica is that everyone is, is an influencer because everyone has has interests in different things. You know, you can influence a family member because they they care about what you think. So, you know, you can really boil it down to that. So, yeah, absolutely. It can really be it can really be anyone who can influence your your thinking, really. And we try and. I suppose, move away from, you know, there are obviously the connotations of these kind of Love Island people with just basically have huge followings. And they're kind of more of an advertising channel, I would say, than, you know, and what, what we're trying to, to find an influencer as is someone with authority in a particular area. So, you know, it might be that you're a brand who wants to drive your messaging on sustainability, for example, where clearly a crisis could break out at any time. And you want to, you know, sort of partner up with authoritative voices in that area who can positively, obviously, talk about your brand and position you in the community really well. That, of course, can in itself mitigate, you know, a potential crisis. It can, of course, work to recover your brand from a crisis as well. You know, that, they can work that way as well. Yeah, we you know a lot of work we do is with organisations during a crisis and helping them to come out of the other side. But I think what we're seeing is more and more organizations take a more, more proactive approach to crisis and reputation management and, you know, looking what can they do now, you know, while, while they're in business as usual to ensure that if a crisis does hit, they're not as impacted as if they left it, you know, until a crisis hits. So with that in mind, do you think enough organisations take a proactive approach to how, who their influences are and how they track those? I think some, some do and some don't. And I think that ones that do are definitely in a better position to sort of deal with a potential crisis. Yeah, I think there's a, a couple of things here. I think, we often, I think when you look at social media, yeah, I think you have to be prepared for what you define as a crisis, right? Because, you know, we sometimes see it with our clients or just generally where an exec might see something online and they think a crisis is happening. And, you know, maybe the, the PR team or the social team or whoever it is are saying, actually, do you know what? This isn't a crisis. It's actually a very small group of, of, of individuals without a huge following who are just, you know, particularly upset about something for whatever reason example could be and we work with quadrilla who an energy company who are involved with with fracking and a community of local people were pretty angry online <laughs> but you know that very much could look like a crisis but actually they were talking to each other and then this kind of localized online community sure. it didn't really reach kind of journalists or you know people who would actually make a quite a big splash about the brand so I think that's that's something to consider as well. And then, yeah, talking about, I guess, being well-prepared, another example i give would be Coca-Cola. We did some work with them where they were pretty aware that, you know, things like obesity and diabetes are, you know, really important topics. And at any moment, they could be kind of 
you know, hit with some criticism around that, around things they're doing. So they have to be careful around that. And the way that they prepare themselves for that is that they, well, we help them to uh, identify and analyze academics, researchers, mum bloggers, you know, journalists, even just like wider consumers that might, you know, that, that have also some influence. And by them, you know, having these communities mapped and tracking the conversations, and, and crucially knowing how well these these you know these communities are connected yeah. they could then mitigate certain situations you know for example a mum blogger who is well connected within a journalist community what they say is actually really important absolutely so so yeah i think brands some brands are, are well set up for it and there's others that have sort of a long way to go and, and need to do more of this kind of mapping exercise yeah and and it's it's an example that i that I tend to to lean on quite heavily is the hot point example where you had a group of consumers that were all unhappy with their uh, washing machines, dishwashers, because they and the level of customer service. And then it was only when they got the journalists involved that the journalists were like, I oh, know I'm not finding the story. The story's come to me. That's how I that's then where the story exploded. And it's understanding those relationships between like you said, the, the mum bloggers or a particular sphere of people of, of potential influencers that then reach out to those that maybe have a bigger reach that the organisations need to be on the lookout for. Yeah, yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Uh, yeah, that's that's definitely true. And and so what do you tend to see from companies that, that have crisis? Is there a big you know, explosion in their social media mentions and the engagement levels and the connection between influencers uh, is how does now how does your platform look for for organizations that are in the midst of a of a media storm yeah and again i think it comes down to you know from that sort of preparation and mitigation exercise of tracking the right community and i'll go back to what i said about authority I think it's about knowing what the wider community is and what people can say. And there could be a big spike in that community. It, it might not matter. And I think it's when it gets to those real authoritative voices, you know, we talk about like influencing the influencer, right? You can sometimes work with one person to influence, you know, 50 people online or that are also very influential. So you've just got to, to think about that. And so, yeah, I think, I think that's, that's something that's, uh, that's really important to, to consider. And on, on the the brand front and and working with influencers there's been a number of stories over the years of influencers those sports stars and you know, people from love island and and so on turning against the brand or doing something that has negatively impacted the brand that the example that springs to mind is tiger woods when he uh crashed his car and is then wife was was chasing after him and and all of his you know infidelities came to light and that wiped about a billion pounds off of the sponsors that he had so how do companies or how should companies look at the people that they know are influencers for for their particular organization so yeah i think you know obviously there are there are issues that happen that are just kind of of your control and like i said I think in scenarios like that with Tiger Woods, then, you know, it's kind of probably a case of kind of recovering the brand in, in other ways with, with other influencers to, to drive back some, some positive perception. I think you've got to, you've got to sort of check, do influencer checks for sure. You've got to make sure that 
people align well with your brand. They've got the right kind of audience. We have some, some quite simple tools that can just look through people's posts just to see what they've said about particular topics. You know, right. things like, I don't know, it might be something like COVID-19 vaccinations. You know, you want to just see if someone had a controversial view about that that could upset, you know, some of your your target audience. So I think really understanding, you know, an influencer and and some of their views, their opinions, what they talk about online, who's in their audience, again, that kind of mapping thing can can mitigate a lot. But I yep. think at the point where something like that happens that's completely out of your control, then you probably need to just kind of recover that with, you know, some some goodwill with your your consumers, I guess. But there is an interesting psychology that actually I was reading about this the other day, actually, that when someone has quite a negative perception about your brand, actually that's that it's actually one of the strongest points at which you can turn that you can actually engage them with the brand and turn that around. You know, okay. if someone's quite passive and just doesn't really sort of engage with your brand, it's actually quite hard to really get them, you know, energized and on board. Yeah. But if someone's, you know, saying something negative, it's actually, you know, they've, they've kind of taken a moment out of their day to, to do that. And actually they've engaged in the brand. So you can actually try and capture that and turn that around. And it actually could be arguably easier, which is, which is, you know, a really interesting concept. Yeah. And had a thought about that. It's definitely one that I'll, I'll be to some of my clients to say, you know, there, there is the point that is, you know, every, every crisis has the potential to be an opportunity, but it needs to be well-managed. And that includes having, you know, those plans and processes in place before a crisis hits, knowing who needs to do what and when, and having access to the various tools, the media monitoring, the social media alerts, influencer mapping and engagement. How often would you suggest that organizations look at their influencer maps is it daily activity or or something that's just kind of on the agenda you know, once a month or once a quarter i think in terms of the way we sort of approach it is you know we don't want people to we don't want people to get too bogged down in it you know we don't want people to be kind of searching for anything that's been there because because like i said can be a distraction right like the point i made about execs perhaps thinking there's a crisis happening and there isn't that can happen you know there could be a social media manager who perhaps is you know pretty much searching for anything being negative said about the brand and that isn't probably too healthy either i think you've got to have a, a balance so it's i think it's i think everyone would agree you definitely need to be in tune with it and you need to know if something's about to happen the way we would recommend to do it is to have alerts and notifications set up so you don't have to be scrolling through endless posts and looking at things and probably making your own perception of things as well. But actually, you know, when it comes to a, an influential community, so if we were talking about, you know, let's say 500 sustainability influencers, for example, is having some kind of alert set up. So, you know, simple ones could be if your brand was mentioned within that community, you probably yeah. want to know what was being said. Or if perhaps if it was over indexing, you know, on a certain day, perhaps if you had a particular press release going out, you'd probably want to know what the reaction was. So I think just being a little bit clever about it, you don't have to be sat there every minute of every day trawling through what people are saying, but having some clever alerts set up on certain individuals, not, you know, the whole world, certain keywords, your brand name, I think is is a smart thing to do. And the way we can do that is you know they can be kind of a weekly digest so you just get a sense of what's going on or of course then there's those like real-time alerts when you know that's when a, a crisis you know you want to obviously spot that and you obviously then want to have your your kind of plan in place of how you how you deal with that 
Yeah, and it would depend on on the organisation. I know some that will proactively respond to each and every one with a personalised response. If it is on social media, for example, and there's a, there's a big issue, or others will take a different approach and just direct them to a holding page or or something like that. And that really does depend on the on the situation, on the organisation. You know how how a financial services company might deal with data breach would be very different to how a retailer will deal with it, for example. So it's just about knowing all those nuances. But I think you made a really interesting point around potentially the exec team getting a bit too excited. There is a real difference between an issue and a crisis. I think an issue is something that happens that could, of course, negatively negatively impact the brand and the reputation of the organisation or or particular individuals within it but it won't take away from the day-to-day responsibilities of those in the organisation. I think a crisis is when it everything changes and everyone goes, right, okay, we need to focus all of our attention on this. And that's, I guess, when when the likes of your tools really come into their own to go, okay, these are all the people now that we know we need to either monitor or reach out to. Is there a way that you'd do it that you go, okay, these of these influencers, this map of influencers, these are the ones that we would suggest you go to first? In terms of like, you mean in terms of like recovering from a crisis? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. I mean, you, I think you've, there's obviously different levels of engagement you'd have with different parts of the community. For yeah. example, you know, when we build a network map, we're often asking people, you know, who are the journalists that you want to put in this map? And they're like, oh, well, we don't want to, we don't want to engage with the journalists. I mean, someone at the organization will be, but this might be the marketing team or it might be the analyst relations team. And yeah. They're saying, well, I don't, you know, I don't engage with journalists. So why would I have them in there? But it's actually like, no, they're an important part of the community. You still need to know the the interconnectedness because they might be influencing your analysts that you're, you know, speaking to. And then I think it comes down to, you know the different teams within the organization in terms of who they speak to of course you know the pr team will probably be wanting to speak to the journalists and make sure that they're well informed on you know the organization's stance on on whatever's happened for example there's obviously the analyst relations team who have some relationships there that they can speak to or maybe even get a perspective from right on what on what they're what they're thinking about what's going yeah. on there might then be like an influencer team Again, you know, we're not talking about the Love Island influencers, but we might be talking about, you know, a an independent analyst or a thought leader in the industry. And someone, whether that's the marketing or PR team, will probably be, you know, speaking to them as well. So I suppose in that situation, everyone kind of kicks into gear and starts speaking to their respective, you know, part of the community. Yeah. But being well aware of who else they're they're connected to there as well, what those implications could be. And and on that. Is there a case to be made that the organisation and, and people within it should be trying to proactively engage with those influencers during business as usual so that in a crisis, it doesn't come as a shock to hear from the brand or a particular person? I know that there's some people in the organisation will, of course, have influence over those influencers and be engaging with them regularly, whether it be journalists or the regulator or politicians. But there may be some others that pop up in a crisis or or others that sort of in the background that you don't proactively or you wouldn't suggest you'd proactively engage with. Would you suggest that that model needs to change and, and basically everyone on that map that is that is determined as an influencer should have some level of engagement from the brand? I think, yeah, I think I think it's definitely important to be having some leveling of engagement. I guess 
I suppose a brand's perception of that might be, oh, so we need to build a relationship with like, you know, 500 people, but actually, you know, by it being like this interconnected map, you don't, it doesn't have to necessarily be a, a relationship directly between the brand and that influence or that influential voice is probably thinking about who else will be influencing them. So by engaging a particular thought leader that has a great, you know, great con connectivity with a group of journalists or another example I'd give would be when we do like ABM programs, for example, where, you know, you're trying to reach C-level decision makers at a certain organization yeah. and, you know, you go via a particular influencer who has a really good, strong, you know, connectivity and, and strong engagement with that community. So I suppose from a crisis point of view, you could think of it as the same, you know, you could kind of plot out and be quite tactical about it really of, you know, if we actually engage with a small group of people here, we're going to have quite a good coverage across this map of, of these key, key individuals. And you know, they should have a fairly strong perception of our brand because someone they follow who they, you know, at the end of the day, they respect and follow and, and take information from ultimately is speaking positively about this brand and is a brand advocate of them. And then yeah. perhaps in a time of crisis, they might be a little bit more passive about that rather than, you know, they might not want to make a comment about a brand because someone they respect, you know, is, is kind of an advocate of theirs. So I think that's, you know, that's kind of the whole, the whole point of this exercise really is to, is to really understand that interconnectivity. Yeah. I, and that's something that I suggest for, for all clients and all organizations that I work with is, have those people that in a crisis will back you up and, you know, maybe give you a testimonial or at least be that voice of reason to go, it's not as bad as it may seem. And that may be a message that is given to the executive team, or it may be a message that is given externally. If you've got those sort of ambassadors that even in the bad times ago, things are, things are a bit bad for you now, but what they've done for me and for my organization i can see them coming out the other side and these are all the things that they do well mm. and i'm not sure there are enough organizations that that do that at the moment that they look for those positive voices around them that that they could turn to in a crisis yeah exactly and if you if you think about you know that kind of what i've been calling that kind of recovery phase afterwards i suppose if you if the brand was making a decision of like right we need to kind of ramp up our efforts in terms of gaining back some positive perception maybe they run a campaign i know I've, there's been some consumer campaigns in the past where there's been a, a bit of a crisis and they sort of ramp up their efforts in winning back a bit of like it might be they do something a bit fun and light-hearted just to show a bit of you know humanization yeah and point you want you need everyone on your side you don't want to you don't want it to cause even more negative reaction so you know if you didn't have any sort of you know advocates or influential voices before the crisis then it's going to look a bit strange when you start sort of clambering for them to speak positively of you after the crisis so yeah you've got to have that almost army of advocates you know in place at all times yeah. that then when you come out of it and you've got to ramp up the efforts you've got to ramp up the marketing the social and everything like that they're going to be there to kind of assist you to do that yeah absolutely uh, i've got a couple more more questions before we we wrap this up you mentioned about social media and you getting all your news from twitter twitter has undergone quite the transformation over the past few months how are you seeing brands and influencers engage with that platform now yeah is it important as it was it's a really it's a really interesting point 
I mean, the, the short answer is we haven't seen any like major change, material changes as of yet. Uh, you know, it feels like it's a little bit of a, you know, a little bit volatile. You don't, you don't quite know what's around the corner. Yeah. From a from an influencer point of view, we haven't seen a major change. You know, influencers, you know, what I say to my clients is they they tend to replicate their posts across different channels where their audience are. LinkedIn and Twitter being the big ones for for B two B where we mostly work. So they're they're carrying on doing that kind of the same. Brands are you know continuing with Twitter in the main. There have been some organisations who have just like pause some of their twitter activity or they've kind of they're very you know they just keep keeping an eye on it see what happens yeah um but we're you know we're kind of prepared as an organization to you know to to move with the market you know linkedin is is a very big channel for us and you know we're making sure that we you know we're ready for for any particular changes that might happen i know there are some some changes happening in terms of how you view the for you page I think yeah. like verified pages are now going to come to the fore because I think, you know, with organizations pulling out some of their advertising spend on Twitter, obviously Elon's trying to claw back some of that revenue through the verified verified route. So there might be some changes in how you see content on the feed and some of the algorithm changes, but, you know, I think, you know, LinkedIn have had lots of changes like that and it's, you know, just the way things move in social media. So I think we'll just, we'll just keep an eye on it and, and, and sort of move with, with you know any changes that do happen yeah i think i mean twitter the growing influence of, of ai is all gonna change how businesses react you know and proactively engage with audiences and you know, all their work will be very different to how it looked two three years ago just the amount of tools around the the changes in the platform means that I think organizations will look at any spend they have in even more detail than they have done and also look at ways that they can engage with more people. So I think it's going to be really interesting. I, so I think it's been a fantastic conversation and I think we've, we've touched on a load of points that is going to lead me onto this, this last question. What steps do you, would you suggest that organizations or individuals can take to mitigate and, and minimize their their exposure to potential negative and crisis events yeah i think it's it's kind of a, a lot of the stuff we talked about really if we talked about it from a like a social media and influencer point of view i would i'd recommend understanding who your different online stakeholders are first and foremost you know identifying those if you haven't already if you have identified them it's doing a re sort of a revalidation exercise of those to make sure they are who you think they are and there's always going to be new ones popping up as well. A bit like the Coca-Cola example I talked about, you know, knowing those different groups. And I think crucially knowing how influential each individual is and having sort of a, having a bit of a, a plan in place for like, if it reaches this type of person in, you know, who's connected to these people, this, you know, having a definition for, for a crisis. I think that's really, really important. And, I think different people in the organization being bought into that that definition like i said not an exec maybe seeing one post and, and you know and, and saying it's a, a crisis so i think that's that's the key really uh and then as i've talked about a lot understanding how connected that community is i.e how quickly would the information pass around should a crisis take place so that would be my my recommendation of some small steps that could be taken 
Yeah. And on, on that, I usually finish the podcast there, but I've got another question on that. So how can you look at how influential people are inside an organization as well? Not just those people outside it, but also the CEO or maybe I know the what a a group of spokespeople and map that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would say definitely don't treat them as separate groups. You know, there's there's obviously inside your organization so your execs your execs your subject matter experts even just your regular employees i mean don't forget that you know ten thousand regular employees can be an army of advocates for your brand they can also be you know an army of detractors if there was a crisis so you know definitely don't discount your your everyday employee because you know they are the biggest group at the end of the day so yeah there's the internal inside the organization then you've obviously got the external influences and the different groups we talked about today don't see them as separate groups map them together because and it's a lot of the work we've done it can be quite an interesting exercise to see you know there's sometimes some advocates that just come right to the fore you know there's you'll be surprised how many times people don't even realize that they've got some absolutely brilliant advocates in their business and you know they can actually harness that a little bit you know, giving people that, you know, someone who's talking positively that brand, creating a lot of content, you know, sometimes businesses get nervous about that. I think there was the BA example of, is it Captain Dave, who was yeah. posting pictures inside the the cockpit and things like that. I absolutely loved his content. I thought it was brilliant. BA put kind of a bit of a, a stop on what he was doing or wanted to put more control on it. There was a bit of an outrage, you know, potentially a bit of a PR crisis around that because everyone was a little bit outraged about that they were stopping him you know, I think I made a comment on LinkedIn saying, I think what they should do is, is to actually empower him to do what he's doing and actually give him more tools to do what he's doing. Uh, and what, what they'll get in return from that is a little bit of control because they might say, you know, we're going to give you a, a light ring and a, a good camera and all these things to help you. All we need back from you is, you know, can you not take any pictures during a flight or like whatever? Yeah. And I think he'd respect that at that point. So, so yeah, I think don't see them as separate communities map them together for sure and i think you know organizations could be surprised at who they've got actually who are real strong advocates for the brand who would be obviously really valuable in, in a time of crisis yeah that's that's really interesting because there are you know plenty of examples that spring to mind of organizations not handling their staff well in a crisis the likes of pno the likes of hmv but the fact that there are opportunities for individuals within the organization, I think is a really important point and, and one that is great to, to end our conversation on. So yeah, thank you so much for your time today. And I'm sure we'll be speaking with you on the podcast again. So thanks very much. Yeah. Thanks Grant. Pleasure to be on. This is a Rostrum Agency production, produced, mixed and edited by Rostrum. Rostrum is a full-service communications agency offering PR, content and influencer marketing, social media, training, design and much more. Rostrum is among the UK's top five B2B agencies and a PR Week top 100 agency, specialising in financial services, professional services, consumer and corporate campaigns, as well as crisis management, content marketing and social media. Rostrum creates campaigns and content to help clients punch above their weight. Rostrum measures everything it does, delivering exceptional value for clients' budgets. To find out more, search rostrum.agency.